Hey, everybody, it's Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast coming at you. Well, I was about to say live, but it's not live. You're listening to the recorded version, but from sunny Orlando, Florida. Yes, that's where I live, like 15 minutes from Mickey Mouse, about 19 minutes from Universal Studios. It's awesome here. I saw an alligator the other day, and this is the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. So glad to have you. Thank you for joining us today. Got another awesome guest that we are going to talk to here in just a minute. His name is Gabe Torres. And Gabe did something the other day. I don't know, one day ago, maybe, as, as, the, as, as at, from this moment right now, that I think all of you guys should do. And here's what he did he went on iTunes and reviewed the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. So, guys, if you would, just do me a favor. This is a labor of love for me. I don't get paid for this thing, and I don't need to get paid for this thing because I love doing it. But if you get anything from this podcast, do me a favor. Just go give me a, a five-star review on there. Tell, every, tell the world how amazing you think it is. And, uh, and if you don't mind, share this sucker on Facebook. Let your friends hear this thing. It will be awesome. But that being said, we've got another awesome guest lined up. I've been kind of like knocking it out of the park with the people that I've got on the show lately. And uh, I always say it. I always say I'm so excited, but I say it because I am. So Gabe, how the hell are you, man? Happy to have you. Good, good. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm grateful that uh, you'd find me interesting enough to even talk to me again, especially <laughs> recorded. Yeah, so. funny, funny story, <laughs> listeners. I just like five seconds before I hit record, I said, "All right, Gabe, just just FYI, when I'm talking, you're going to be on camera the whole time. It doesn't switch back and forth. So don't like start picking your nose or something while I'm talking, thinking no one sees you." And he like stands up straight and he's like, "Oh my god." video recording this at all <laughs> so, another five minutes yeah that so that, that would have been uh, i almost wish i wouldn't have told you just to see what we would have caught on. <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you did yeah oh, so man. so listeners um gabe I, I don't know him well and actually that's one of the my favorite things to do on the podcast is to kind of get to know somebody right here while you're listening because it helps you get to know them as well uh, the way I met him, I just went to an event. It's, uh, the abbrevi abbreviated version is the BBB, but the way I prefer to call it is the Business Bourbon and Bullshit Mastermind. And what it is, it's just a group of uh, entrepreneurs. I don't know, Gabe, how many? 30 dudes, yeah, something like that? Just yeah, just about 30. Um, women are welcome, you know, it just happened to be all guys this last time, but, um, but it's about 30 of us that, uh, have gotten together by a, a common, uh, common mentor, if you will. And we get together and we share best practices. And I met Gabe for the first time at the one that we just had last week. And, um, had, I, I'll just say this. I was very, very impressed with you, sir. Um, you're, you're 28 years hey. old. I don't remember your entire story because there was a little bit of bourbon going on at the business bourbon and bullshit uh, <laughs> get together. But I do, uh, I do remember some of the things and some of your experience that you've uh, had in the past. I know you've uh, had some, some uh, business or businesses that you've grown and sold. Uh, and like I said, you're, you're not even 30 yet. And you're a part of some really cool things with some very impressive guys. You know, you're a partner with some really impressive guys on some new ventures coming up. So uh, I was impressed right away. And we're going to talk about that stuff. But 
I don't even know if I want to talk all, about all that yet. We met in Nashville and you were telling me what it was like living in Nashville. And you said you've also lived in California and you also lived somewhere else. I think that was pretty cool. I can't remember where, dude, tell, tell me a little bit about you, man. Like what's, what's going on and, and uh, g- give us the, like somewhere between 90 seconds to three minutes of the you story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, and uh, like I said, thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So I'm originally from Northern California, a little town called Modesto that typically nobody knows unless they've heard of some really bad things happening here. Yeah. Um, but it's the, it's the number one worst city to live in in America for the past yeah. five years running. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're number one, uh, five years running. Wow. And um, it's about an hour inland of San Francisco. So I grew up here went to high school here. Um, and then I moved, I moved quite a bit since then. Right after that, I moved to Boise, Idaho, loved it there, uh, moved to Los Angeles, went to school there. So I was there for four or five years. And then I started doing door to door sales after that. And so I moved around, uh, quite a bit after that. So how old were you when you started doing the door to door stuff? 19. I started doing it while I was in school. Sorry. I just continued to do it after I graduated as well. But don't you Um, know that doesn't work? You know, I I see online all the time. (laughs) doesn't work. So why would you do something like that, man? I I know. Honestly, I did it because I got free pizza because I I missed dinner. Uh, When I was at Boise State, me and my roommate missed dinner. And this guy that day had handed me a little card that said free pizza if you come to this presentation. Mm -hmm. So it was obviously a presentation to recruit sales guys to go to Las Vegas and sell pest control. But I was like, man, we missed dinner. We got to eat. We just went to the gym. Like, let's just, let's go listen to this guy. And, um, and then I, I, he recruited me. It was interesting. I liked the sound. I liked the challenge of it. And I got to move to Vegas and I recruited six of my buddies and we moved out there and we were 18, 19, um, hmm. and started doing the whole door to door sales thing. And now I need to catch you off. Love with it. Something that just dawned on me, Boise state. And you're 28, so I don't remember exactly, but I'm a huge Oklahoma Sooner fan. Were you going oh, to yeah. Boise? Were, were you there when that game happened? Like that? That? I, I wish I would have been there. I wish I would have been. There. It was like a two, a year or two before I got there. Oh my gosh! For for the listeners that even care, because <laughs> I know a lot of you don't like sports, and I won't go too far into it. But there was this amazing football game. At, I don't know, 10 years ish ago. And um, yeah. it was a back and forth, back and forth. And then like the last series of the game, Boise state did like four trick plays that you never see anyone do. And they statue of Liberty for a two point conversion and the running back that scored the touchdown runs off the field, proposes to his girlfriend. Oh, I, yeah. I think they literally made a movie about it. I, I like literally, I think they did. It was crazy. Yeah, It was, it was epic. And every Oklahoma fan, we just, Honestly, we just hate all you guys now ever since. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was all leading up to, right? Yeah, <laughs> that so. whole explanation. But for uh, anyone that, that, that might be listening, <clears throat> Sid Graf, uh, we don't hate Boise guys as much as Texas Longhorn fans. So when <laughs> on the podcast, just, just be prepared for that. But all right, I'm sorry. I had to, I had to, to, to derail. No, no, that was, that was noteworthy. I forgot about that. That was absolutely <laughs> noteworthy. Um, so, so, yeah, but I, you I get to California and you're like – how many dudes did you take with you? Six. Six guys, Six. friends, family, or strangers? All friends. Really? All friends. Yeah. And, so I recruited this, them. What were you selling again? I forget. Uh, was that the pest control? Uh, pest control. Yeah, we were selling pest control in Las Vegas. So, so how, what was that like? I mean, did you was that 
hey, was it fun? Did, were you living with these six dudes and just like kind of having a fun bachelor life and making money or were you broke? Yeah. What was going on? It was, it was a blast. I, I loved it. Not all the guys loved it. Um, some of the guys didn't do very well. I did decently, um, but I just thought it was so fun because we got to live there. We had uh, some nice apartments that they put us up in and we would train every day. And I liked the aspect of learning about sales and get, getting to do it with my friends and then going out and selling and then on the weekends just going and walking around the strip since we weren't 21 yeah that's all we could do and we thought that was the coolest thing ever so that so i cool. i loved it and i i loved i fell in love with moving uh to a new place where i didn't know anybody and just learning like immersing myself in it and you and i talked a little bit about this in nashville since you did that yeah. um, with the move to florida but yep. that was i think one of the best things that i've ever done is I moved you know I moved to Vegas and then mm -hmm. I did uh the sales in uh, Texas and Arkansas and I moved to Nashville obviously and and yep. most of the growth in my life has come from those moves and those those big changes same here man and I'll tell you we did talk about that some and though you know my wife and I I got a phone call when I, this is when I was still in the corporate world and still loving my job I got a phone call when I lived in Oklahoma uh, my boss was the COO of the company and he called me, I think it was around one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon. And he said, you know, Hey man, I'll, I'll condense the story and keep the th the spirit of it true here. He's like, Hey man, do you want to move down here to South Florida? And I was like, uh, yeah, I think I do. Let me talk to the wife. And it was like three hours later, my wife was on board with, yeah, let's move to South. We never once in our lives said, let's move to Florida. Never. We loved vacationing in Orlando and coming to Disney world, but never once did we say, let's That's move awesome. to Florida, much less South Florida. You know, I was like, I don't, I didn't know what we were getting into, but, but we, we, uh, we drove to this little pub, you know, just a few minutes from our house and we sat down and we, we kind of, you know, we pulled up Fort Lauderdale on our phones and we were looking at it and we're like, I don't know. It looks pretty cool. Let's do it. We can always come back. <laughs> yeah, it looks you know? cool. Yeah. And, and we got awesome. down there. And, and frankly, two months after we got down there, the company sold. I was terrified. I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. The new company kept us and ended up moving us to Virginia. But the um, taking these little chances, and we had done some smaller scale stuff even before this, those are some of the – actually, they're not some of. I would say those are the key pivotal points in our lives that helped us move and change uh to becoming people that are going after what they want or making life what we want it and and i'm with you i i don't like really want to leave orlando or, well i don't mind if i were to leave orlando one day but i don't want to leave florida but i do love i i love it. i love getting somewhere and just kind of having a culture shock and just having to immerse yourself yeah. and figure it out it's it's awesome because it makes you grow you know you well it doesn't exactly. make i think you have the option to I think you have the yeah, option very, to like fall really up and, and like kind of die too, but, but you can embrace it and make it grow, man. I love it. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing that me and my wife talk about that all the time and how much it's changed our mentality and our approach to life because we just picked up and moved to Nashville. Yeah. Like it's, now, it's so cool. Are you now, are you in Nashville now? I couldn't, I don't remember where you're living at the moment. No, Kurt, I, we just recently moved back to california in july of last year so i guess they're almost going up on a year so okay. and you also yeah. you have a business in like tampa don't you i think is that yeah Ryan? yeah that I was another that. deal that i partnered on with dan and with mike to buy out this business out there uh tampa 
So mm-hmm. I'd live in that in California and then run the business in Nashville and another business in California in uh, Tampa. And That's so, awesome. but I go back and forth between Nashville and California a lot. And mm-hmm. I think eventually I'm going to end up back in Cal in Nashville. Cause it's, it's just so awesome. Yeah. No, we were just talking before we started recording. I think it was before we started recording. I don't, I don't even remember, but uh, I was like, Oh my God, I never knew how freaking, I always thought Nashville was just like, you know, a few bars that you'd walk in, it'd be 10 or 15 <laughs> people and some dude in a cowboy hat playing Garth Brooks songs with an acoustic guitar. guy spitting in a bucket. Like, yeah. <laughs> which, which did sound cool. <laughs> to be honest, I thought that in itself would be cool, but then you get there and it's like, Oh my God, it's, it's Las Vegas for country people. You know, this is, this is amazing, you know? So, yeah. uh, and I'm not even like into the country thing, but I still loved it. So that I don't blame you at all for wanting to go back there. Um, so, uh, so as I jump all over the freaking place, let's get back <laughs> to this door knocking thing. D- give us, give the listeners a 60 second overview. Well, you know, when we say door knocking, I know someone, I know people understand that that would mean like you would walk up and knock on a door and talk to someone, but give us a quick overview of kind of like what you were really doing from the, we'll say from the whole, um, uh, not just what you're door knocking, but the kind of the program this, that you were involved the experience in experience and the yeah. structure of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like what a day would look like. So, so we would, it was, it was a really structured program when I moved over from the pest control company to the home security company. And then we did a little bit of solar too. So they had the door knocking thing refined to a science programmatic. So before we even got out, we've filled out an entire packet. We've been studying training with our manager, um, doing, uh, you know, just pitching over the phone or video conferencing, or even sometimes going out to a market and doing little test runs. Mm-hmm. So we've been preparing to have a huge summer. It's a summer sales program. It would usually run from like April to August um, or April to September. And then when you get there, you're selling six days a week. You, there's no going home. Usually the company would move you out to a different market so they could be more focused. Um, so like mm-hmm. my, I think the longest I was out was lived in Fort Worth, Texas for about six or seven months, knocking six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Um, we'd start training at 11 a.m. Every single day we would train uh, and go over the days before, the numbers the day before. And then we'd train on sales or objections or different topics. Um, or sometimes mm. it was just general business or money management, things like that. But the majority of it revolved around sales and kind of what we were seeing out in the field. And then we would go out and sell from our manager would literally pick me up. He would drop me off in my neighborhood and he wouldn't pick me up until we were done selling for the day. So We'd go out and sell from noon until 10 p.m., 11 p.m. sometimes if a manager was in a house and couldn't pick us up or if we were getting sales at 10, 11 p.m. Yeah, I I remember when we were, you were telling me about this and I think it was my buddy Joshua, someone was sitting there with us and he said, hold on, time out. What the hell are you doing knocking on someone's, you would knock on someone's door at 11 (laughs) o'clock and you were like, well, Uh not not all the time. But like there was this one time there was this house I was always trying to knock on and my manager hadn't picked me up yet. It was like 1030. So I saw that he was home with the lights on. I knocked on the door and sold the job. And I'm just like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. (laughs) You know, here's, here's what I get from that. You know, like one thing I, I really, I don't, some of these, some of the listeners probably need to hear this and the others, you know, already get it. But you know, one thing you see so often is people saying, oh, I tried that. It doesn't work. 
or some of them don't even try it. They've just heard other people say it doesn't work and it doesn't look fun. So they just say it doesn't work. So they don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. and, am I right? And like yeah. for me, I've door knocked before and I've had no success, but I know why I had no success. One, I didn't have a lot of conviction because I just didn't want to be doing it. And uh, two, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I, I wasn't like, like you every day you were training every day. You guys were overcoming objections. You were door knocking. Excuse me. You were door knocking until nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night. You would not give up and you weren't selling 50 things a day. I don't know if you were door knocking until 10, what were you selling on a good day? Maybe eight or nine of them. I don't know how, you know, it wasn't one, one on a good day. So the, the, yeah. the, the thing is all about, it's about numbers and people want to say, well, that doesn't work. And it's like, bull crap, it doesn't work. Multi-billion dollar companies like Vivint, which I think you worked for, if I remember right, uh, security yeah. companies, one of the biggest ones in the nation. Um, they've built their entire billion dollar business on door knocking. But yet, yeah, all, all of us guys out here that have a, a, a secure, our security, a, a service company that's doing less than half a million a year. And we want to say, we know what's up and it doesn't work. Here's the truth, guys. <laughs> things work you're just not willing to deal with enough pain to get what you want that's the truth yeah. would you agree with me on that as i'm preaching yeah also boxy here absolutely i mean the work uh precedes it working right mm -hmm. like <laughs> you have to put in the work <laughs> that's a novel before concept. it's actually before it's actually going to work and, and don't get me wrong it was really really hard so even mm -hmm. there was days where I knew I wasn't going to sell anything, but like you said, I knew why yeah. I was going out there either with a lack of confidence or I was just tired that day or whatever it was. Um, but for the most part on the days that I knew I was going to sell and I was going out and doing it and mm -hmm. more often than not, which is why I continue to do it, I would sell. So yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. definitely is. Well, I, I'm not going to get personal and ask you, but I know this because uh, I was in the security industry. That's why I'm so familiar with like Vivint because uh, they were a competitor. And and pretty much every <laughs> pretty much every company is a little bitch when they're dealing competing against Vivint because they're like they want to say, oh, those guys, they're door knocking and they're crooked. When in reality, we all just knew that we were. You know what? This this podcast is labeled explicit, so I'm just going to say it. In reality, <laughs> we were all just too much of a pussy to get out there and 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 do what it took you know while the vivant guys were so it made us feel bad about ourselves but we just trashed you all to make ourselves feel <laughs> so that, that's the honest to god truth how that went but um but anyway the the vivant guys i i knew that um some of those guys could make like 200k or more just working seasonally as door knockers you know like i know it's a very lucrative business and and let me tell you something guys companies won't pay someone that if they're not out selling stuff so uh, if you want to make your business uh, get it off the ground, door knocking it is a great, great, great option for that. Um, but anyway, we're going to move on from yeah. that. This isn't the door knocking podcast. Um, Gabe, <laughs> another, another thing that I heard about um, about you, and it was just really in passing, but correct me if I'm wrong. Did you build a gym, like virtually, like not even physically being there. I heard something like that. Like you built a, like a training gym. Oh, so, how that, what was, tell me about that. Yeah. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't virtually, it was just using, uh, social media. Okay. So okay. primarily using Instagram, 90% of our customers came through Instagram. So we didn't really do any marketing. Um, we didn't do uh, any really paid, even paid stuff on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, we, just use the platform to grow the business a lot. And that was a business that 
it was right after the door knocking days. Mm-hmm. Um, I had went out and taken some time off after knocking doors and I was trying to figure out what I want to do. Cause I knew I wanted to be in small business, but I didn't know what I didn't, I wasn't super passionate about like, Oh man, I know I want to go and start, uh, you know, a clinic, a, a medical practice or wasn't super passionate about anything. I just liked business and I liked the game of business. So at the time I had a mentor of mine who, who was super passionate about medicine and he was like the largest pain management specialist in Northern California. Um, and he was also one of my best friends mm-hmm. and he opened up a gym for fun. Um, so you pain was, management in Northern California, is he selling weed or what? Like what, uh, no, not, not weed. Maybe now. Maybe not. <laughs> but at the time, it was, it was like prescriptions. He's writing. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'm trying to be funny. Carry on. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but he had opened up this gym for fun. And literally, it was just kind of like uh, it was a fun project. But he got to the point where he was losing 25 grand a month and he wasn't having as much fun. Wow. Um, they, they had just leased a huge space. It was like a 6,000 square foot facility. And he had always joked about like, hey, why don't you come, you know, see what you could do at the gym. Um, and I never, I never wanted to because I didn't think he took it serious. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you're not, you know, you're not paying attention to this. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get involved in something fun. I want to get involved in business on a real level. Yeah. So when I finished knocking doors, he was like, hey, no, seriously, this is getting to the point where I have to get serious about it. So if you want to try to come on board and help. And so. I did. Um, and the first thing I did to make sure that we were on the same page was I fired his best friend. Oh, wow. <laughs> was, how, that, which, how did that, don't skim over that. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> which, uh, it wasn't like, it wasn't just because he was his best friend. It was also because we had went through a process and said, okay, this is what we're going to need from everyone here. Mm-hmm. This is the expectation. This is level of commitment. And he didn't fit that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it was like, okay, then it's obvious this isn't going to work. Um, and so luckily, you know, my buddy and my mentor and the guy who owned the gym was like, yeah, you know, if that's, if that's what we need to do, then let's do it. And so it was, it was rough. It was, uh, definitely the guy who was his friend, wasn't happy with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, wasn't happy when he was like, Hey, I'm going to go talk to, you know, Dr. Rhodes, you can't fire me. And then, (laughs) (laughs) and then he found out he was Well, it just happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let so, me know how, uh, how that works for you. <laughs> yeah. So, but we were, I was able, I literally, I use it as an opportunity just to learn. Um, I was like, man, I'm pretty young. I'm like 22. Mm. Um, and uh, I was liking the door. I, I not liking, I loved the door to door thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. Um, but I wanted to go and apply it to small business because I felt like not enough people in small business were aggressive enough. So I would see like the local gym or whatever it was, local bakery, just have a ton of passive marketing and waiting for people to come in their doors. And I was just like, man, if people have this super aggressive approach to go out and get customers, not wait for them to come in, I just think it would impact their business exponentially. Mm-hmm. So I use it as an opportunity to do that. Um, and I literally went and knocked doors for the gym too, because I was like, hey, you know what? Anybody that lives within a 10 mile radius should know who we are. Because a lot of people go to the gym out of convenience. You know, if they have a family, they want to get it in before work or they want to go after work, whatever it might be. So I even went and knocked doors and, uh, for the gym. And we were able to uh, turn the gym around from losing 25000 to making 25000 within a year. Wow. And uh, Cor- uh, m- pretty cool. monthly? 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And um, so that was, that was really, really cool. And that was kind of like my first crack at small business and literally just like picking things up and saying like, okay, let's, I think this will work. Let's test it out. And mm-hmm. If it doesn't work, then let's stop, you know, we'll stop doing it. But um, a lot of it was just doing that. Like, all right, let's test this out. Or, Hey, I think this is what we should do. And not just me, like I'm, you know, I'm running, there was a lot of smart people around me too. And people that were putting in a lot of work to, to try to figure things out. So. Hmm. Interesting. That's cool, man. I, how big was this gym? Like, is this, uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around like what one that would make 25 K is this like a, an LA fitness size endeavor or so it wasn't, it wasn't that big. It was like a 6,000 square foot facility, mm-hmm. but it was a uh, specialized gym. So we're talking about like mixed martial arts. Uh, oh, okay. And, and then half it was, I mean, it was like seven different things when I first got there. They had like Zumba, mm-hmm. MMA, uh, yoga, weight training. So the first thing I did was like cut like four programs because we yeah. were like, we don't know who we are. We're yep. so unfocused. And so we focused on three main areas, which was MMA, uh, or really two main areas, which is MMA and then weight training. Hmm. And that was all we did. Are and, you a mixed martial uh, artist yourself? I'm not. I would do it because... Um, I wanted to know what I was selling when mm-hmm. I was talking to people about it. And the guy that was teaching the class was like a double black, like uh, two time black belt and jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So I started doing it just because for one, I could do it for free. Yeah. Um, and then for two, I wanted to know what I was talking about when I was talking to people about it. So I did That's it cool. for that reason. But the other, the thing that I, uh, the thing that I focused on more was the, the, weight training and I guess the side that I could add more value to is the weight training because I played football in college and we weight trained and essentially that was what me and a buddy who had started a class inside the gym were doing we were like hey you know we worked out and we liked these workouts we felt like they were really good for mobility and for anybody and essentially it was kind of like CrossFit Um, but we didn't want to pay for CrossFit because it was so expensive to have the name so we started doing that class and when I got there I mean, I think there was probably like 10 or 15 clients paying 40 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were able to accelerate that program. And within a year, we had 150 clients paying 100 bucks a month. And that was right around the time uh, one this guy that was coming to the classes uh, and he knew my partner uh, said, hey, I want to get involved with you guys in some way because your core audience is 18 to 25. Mm-hmm. And I want to impact those kids' lives. Like I have a lot of resources. I'm really well connected. He had done really well in business. And so he wanted to give back to the community. So that was when we we basically branched off from being a class inside of that gym to um, we ended up buying a, a 12,000 square foot facility and building out a custom training facility wow. with the turf and everything like that. And, and we you're 22, or you're like 23 at this point, I guess, right? You're, you started it when you were 22 and then one year into it, all this is happening. Well, so one year we started talking about it and then we launched 2015. So I was probably like 25. Oh, okay. So, so few, it was, couple it was like a three year, three year process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still impressive. Yeah. So impressive. And then, and then you're not involved with that anymore though, right? No, no, nope. that was. You like cashed out and made your, made your millions and. And now you're retired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish. No, no, we, um, I was supposed to move to Nashville in 2013 for door to door sales. 
and I never ended up moving. Like the day before I was going to get on a plane, my manager called me and said, Hey, don't go to Nashville, go to Fort Worth. Hmm. And the idea of Nashville was stuck in my head. And so I had always kind of wanted to move there. When my, I met my wife, she had said she always wanted to move away. And so when we were getting close to 2016, we said, all right, we're going to move to Nashville. And um, that was around the same time we were transitioning to a new facility and everything. So it was just kind of a good point to wrap up and move on to do something else. Nice. You know, yeah. I, out of all of that talking, I know there's a million things if we really dove deep into it but uh one thing i i got from that was when you when you first took over you got very focused on who you were and and what you needed out of your your people and what you expected and um i think as business owners there's a, a big lesson to learn there that you know we we're not going to be successful by offering a million different things I think what happens, especially, it's probably the case with any business, but you know, my thing is service businesses. It's what I've been involved in for the last, I don't know, 14 ish years, 15, I don't know how long. Um, but, um, the reason it's so tempting to add something else is because you hit a, a ceiling on what you're doing. And if you really want to be successful with it, it's going to take a lot of effort to break through it. And it's really easy to bring something else on. Cause you can like, ah, you can bring it on and make a buck, you know, but if you really yeah. want to have that success, you need to bust through the ceiling of, of what you're doing. And, uh, you know, uh, Michael Kaplan, who's, uh, we're, we're both partners with, uh, no one, no one listening to this even knows this, but I actually have brought on some, uh, some partners into my business, uh, this past week, as a matter of fact, everything became finalized with that. But, but one thing, uh, Kaplan teaches uh, is that, you know, you really don't need to like take over the, the country to be successful. He's like, take over your, your area with your one or two things that you do. And then once you've built upwards and built this huge customer base, then you just start adding services at that point, And then you can really fill in and start making a ton of freaking money. But, um, but anyway, that's, yeah, that that's that. Yeah. That was exactly what had happened at the gym when I first got there was that line of thinking. It's kind of like, oh, I think, you know, we can only have, we, we can only get 20 people in this class. And so mm -hmm. why are we going to try to keep forcing it? Let's just do yeah. something else. Let's add yoga and see what we could get. Yeah. Uh, Let's do a thousand classes and we'll get there. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the. Okay. So something I think is very intriguing and to be honest with you, we need to talk about it in the near future. I'm not ready to talk about it right now, but um, tell me about your, your storefront thing. So you started a business, um, storefront window cleaning. Half the people out there will tell you you just can't make money doing it. The other half says, eh, I'm making a killing doing it. Um, start from the beginning. What, what's this? Because this is your most recent venture, right? This, this uh, right-hand rhino, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me yeah, about it. Sure. Yeah. So that was, that was when I met Michael Dalkey, Mike Dalkey, right? Mm -hmm. Who was just yep. on the He was podcast. just on the podcast. Yeah. You and I know very well. And I kind of, I just met him randomly, like a really, really at chance meeting. Um, and it's a pretty funny story, but I, from there, I just kind of continue. I didn't really even continue to talk to him. I don't know. I don't know if I can, I'm trying to think about how to make it really, really short without, <laughs> Well, fair enough. You guys know each other, and you had an idea for a, a business, right? 
Yeah, well, he yeah. and he always says it the same way. Where he says he has this, he had this stupid idea, thinks it could work, and he's like, let's let's go try it out and see if it could work. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, all right, you know, like let's. I love the the business to business model, or just like the door to door model. Mm-hmm. So we got a group of guys and said, all right, let's go out and sell. Um, and we picked up a good a swath of businesses, and we were like, okay, so we kind of kind of think we have something, not a hundred percent sure. And I was the same train of thought at first. I was kind of like, man these are really low tickets, mm-hmm. right? This is like $15, $20. Yeah. Um, but once I started to see like it coming together and how much business we were able to put on, I think mm-hmm. in our first three months, we put on $100,000 worth of business um, and it was just going storefront to storefront, right? We got a group of guys and sent them out and said, all right, let's go blast the market. Um, and we did that three times, two, three times. And each time we did it, we got it picked up a hundred thousand in business. Wow. And now let me interrupt you briefly. Uh, this happens almost every time on my podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I want to back up and make sure everyone knows exactly what we're talking about. So, cause I don't even know <laughs> window cleaning. I don't know if those words came out of our mouths. Uh, we've mentioned storefronts, but Gabe has, he's uh, started a, a, a company that is just cleaning storefront windows. So imagine yeah. a Chick-fil-A or imagine a little um, Starbucks you know, a Starbucks or a chiropractor's office in a strip center or, you know, things like that. Or sometimes you'll see like a Walmart and it has a bunch of, uh, a bunch of little smaller businesses, you know, in the same, same area, the, the things like that. So that's what he's talking about where he says, you know, they just got some guys together. They went out, started selling and did you just say right before I interrupted you that every time you do a like a big push, you were bring, you're adding a hundred k to your bottom line? Is that what? You, or maybe not bottom line, top line? Not bottom line, but top line. Yeah, yeah. We so would t- get a group of guys, just like what we. I, I love the the model in uh, in Vivint. You know, the mm-hmm. getting a group of guys saying, "Hey, let's go blast the market. This is all we're going to focus on." Um, the group of guys that we get together are going to know how to do this really well. And we're going to pick up business right there on the spot. Hmm. Like that, that model was really sexy to me. I know to a lot of people, it's not, yeah. um, it's the opposite of it. Well, I'll tell you what I love about it is it, and it, right back to that whole, the security routes that we have, but it's RMR reoccurring monthly revenue. Now I know yeah. it might be weekly or biweekly or what, or whatever, but yeah, it's a small ticket price, but you get it over and over and over. Now my company I'm not going after those things right now because the way my company's built from our marketing to our, like our trucks and our, you know, equipment and setup, um, my guy, my trucks have to make certain amount of money a day type of thing for it to be, uh, profitable for me. But, um, if someone has just, you know, the little bitty, you know, a Chevy HHR kind of car or a little bitty something that gets good <laughs> mileage and then you can carry around a bucket and a mop and, and a squeegee and a pole and, and sell enough of these stinking accounts, you don't have a lot of overhead, right? I mean, it's like, once you sell the no. thing, you got a guy, you're out some water and some Dawn dish soap, right? Is that kind of, yeah, yeah. That yeah, the capital goes so small. So let's do this. I wasn't planning on this, but let's give a nugget to anyone that's listening right now. Uh, if you're okay with this, Gabe, let's just say there's yeah. just some Joe Blow, he's, he's, uh, let's make, let's, let's go back to my roots. He's living in, in, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, back, back my old stomping grounds. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm from Ulaga. I was born in Nowana, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oklahoma, went to Ulaga Talala high school. Um, you know, lived in the Tulsa area 
And, uh, but some dude is like, man, I'd like to do my own thing. I want to, I want to clean storefront windows. I just don't know that, that I could make money. If you were going to give just a guy, he's aspiring to be a successful owner operator. Let's not talk about scaling a business, growing it big, but he wants to be his own boss, do his thing. What advice would you give a guy that's going to be uh, selling and doing his own work? Maybe he'll have one, one other employee with him, you know, to, to do some cleaning, you know, down the road type of thing. What would you say to that guy? Uh, the first, I would say the first thing that he should be worried about is getting all of his customers on prepayments or credit card payments, some okay. sort of upfront payments. Um, Cause the first issue he'll run into in that situation, if he does start to grow is an accounts receivable problem with uh, Panda express or with some of these accounts that mm-hmm. don't want to pay up front or take a long time to pay up front. You would have to have something to offset that. Um, so the prepayments part of it and the credit card payment, which people will do, right? Like we'll leave you with cash in hand and solve your cash flow problem so that you're not worried about it. Um, as you're waiting on some of your bigger accounts, if you're out hustling up bigger accounts in 30, in 30 seconds, how does a new guy that hasn't even started a business yet? And he's going to say, well, that's a great idea, Gabe. I don't know how the hell to even process a credit card, much less get them on, uh, on recurring. Real quickly, what would someone, what kind of software or program does someone need to do to do something like that? So in, uh, we use service autopilot doesn't have to be as robust as that. You can use like a merchant processor to run the credit card through. You can even mm-hmm. probably use just the simple stripe thing okay. that could go directly to, if you're an over operator and you just have the, your personal business or bank account set up, mm-hmm. that stripe thing could just swipe right through. You just download um, the app, order the little, little thing that plugs in your phone and you can swipe cards and save them in there and you're, you're good to go at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very I good. think I haven't used that one, but I mean, that's, something I, like that, though, something as simple as a that. CRM yeah. customer factor for $40 a month or quick books yeah. for $20 a month. So just some simple things. Yeah. Like that. Okay. That's the, that's the, the focus. But even before that, I would say just go start knocking doors, you know, mm-hmm. like, and figure it out. Like a lot of these, I didn't think I'd get Starbucks to pay us with a credit card and put a credit card on file. But all that we do all the Starbucks in the Nashville market and mm-hmm. they all put a credit card on file. Like, and I didn't know that until I went and then knocked on a door and asked somebody. Hmm. And they probably prefer that. It makes that now that local manager doesn't yeah. have to worry about either getting cash or a check or email and corporate or all. It's just like, boom, here you go. Make it easy. All right. Yeah. So, absolutely. so that's one bit of advice. So you don't want to get your AR out of hand because you'll do all this work and then you won't have any money for it. So, so that, that's kind of not the point of going into business. So, so we've saw <laughs> yeah. um, marketing, give us, give us a two minute, uh, crash course in sales. So you're, we're out there, we're door knocking, we're, we're trying to get these guys to let us clean their windows. What are you going to, you, you walk in, what do you say? What do you do? Literally it, it's so simple. Um, and you know, it's so simple and it doesn't require a ton of trust, um, because it's not huge ticket items. And for, mm-hmm. and the other reason is because we don't require contracts. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's not a lot of risk. So you can even just pick up the phone and start dialing. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as, Hey, my name is Gabe. I'm with right hand Rhino clean the windows for a lot of your neighbors. I know you might already have a window cleaner, but I wanted to give you a call in case we could save you some money. Um, if you wanted to get them done, it would be X amount of dollars hmm. and then just wait for the answer. Right? Like, so are you just one of those, um, what is it? Some will, some won't. So what next? Uh, something like that. Uh, it, I mean, you walk in, if they say no, are you overcoming objections? Or are you just like, all right, see ya. I'm on to the next one. 
No, no, it's that that part of it was really different from the door to door sales part. Whereas, you know, like in the home security industry, there's a lot of objections that you're going to try to battle and overcome in the course of making a sale mm-hmm. with the business to business stuff. It's pretty quick, like either they have somebody and they usually don't care if they have somebody because they don't even know who it is. Mm-hmm. And so they just want to see if you're cheaper um, or if you'll show up when you say you're going to show up. Yep. And so um, it's it's as simple as. Yes, no, like you said, and if not, okay, moving on. And there's there's uh, like certain nuances to that because some of the bigger accounts are not just going to be a yes or a no on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those might take some follow-up and a deeper process uh, that's more like, you know, the door-to-door or other industry processes where you're having to touch base with them uh, on a weekly or you're having to touch with them, touch base with them multiple times. But the, the storefront guy who is an owner-operated business is going to tell you yes or no right there on the spot. So you and get then, a ton of those ones. And you've already said another t- uh, tip, a huge one, without even really saying it, but you had mentioned that a lot of people, they don't even care if you're cheaper. They just want you to show up. So I think the, the next big thing is show up and clean the freaking windows whenever you get people that are willing to let you do it. Because that's on it. We did some storefront stuff early on. We had to drop it off because it didn't end up matching our, our business model. But um, yeah. The uh, a lot of them we got when I'd go in, we would literally charge more. But I would tell the people, I'm like, listen, we know what we're doing. We got automated software to keep us on the schedule. We're gonna be here, and they'd be like, sounds good. Sign me up. Let's do this. So, so guys, here you go. For any of you listening that has said, Bob, you know, it's inspired me. I want to start a want to start a business. I just don't know how, or or something along those lines. Gabe just gave you the outline for starting a business. And that's not even a joke. That's not even funny. You know what he didn't say you need to do? He didn't say you need to sit down and spend four weeks coming up with a business plan and writing out your sales scripts and blah, da, 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 da. Can you get better with planning? Of course you can. But man, we're not building rocket ships here. You're walking in, <laughs> ask people to do it. And you can make a lot of money doing this. You can make a lot of, especially if you're going to be the one that cleans them. And cleaning windows isn't hard. You got to learn how to do it right, but it's not hard. Gabe just made you guys yeah. a lot of money. He gave you the freedom to be your own boss on that. So that's cool. Any other thing you want to add to that, man? The, the one thing I want to piggyback on is the fact that uh, what you're saying, like it's, you don't, don't overcomplicate it. Just go and start doing it. And, you know, we didn't have a, we, I think we just barely got a website this year and we've been going since 2016 didn't have a website. The first business card we I like printed out at Office Depot. And it was just a plain white card that mm-hmm. said Nashville window cleaning on it. Um, and we just started going to see That's if we awesome. could pick up business, <laughs> you know? So, you know, I still, I actually have it. It's <laughs> for those of you watching the, the video I'm pointing over here, my, my kitchen is right there. And, um, on my, uh, refrigerator on the side, I actually need to do something to save it because it's the only one I have. But I have uh, the very first flyer I ever made. The first week we were in business. Oh, you got to laminate that or something. I, you know what? I'm going to actually. I'm, I might do that tomorrow as a matter of fact. But it's terrible. I mean, it has nice looking images on it. But it's like if someone wants to take 15 minutes to read my flyer, sure. It's a great flyer, you know. But it's so. <laughs> but But you know what? I got a little bit from it. You know what? We didn't. I threw the thing together. We got out. We 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 hustled and we made some freaking money while other guys are just sitting there crying about how you just can't get ahead in life and 
and Obama is keeping me down or Trump is keeping me down or what, you know, whatever the, the Illuminati is keeping me down. <laughs> you know, but I know this much. I know Gabe is sitting in California cashing checks because he's got guys selling windows and cleaning windows back in Nashville. So suck on that. You cry babies. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Gabe, um, what's next for you, man? What, what, uh, do you have any other like, plans that you can talk about of course but do you have any like big dreams like what's your goals and why is and what do you want to achieve do you want to become like this huge you know multi-business owner or do you want to like become some dude that gets away from business and lives in the florida keys and goes fishing with me out on sandbars and drinks a lot of <laughs> beer like every day you know like where, where, where are you at in that that spectrum yeah um uh, not anytime soon on the ladder. I mm -hmm. think maybe eventually I'll be at some point where I'm there, but I think right now it's just so much fun. Um, getting together with guys like you talking about business yeah. and engaging in business and seeing what works and getting my ass kicked on what doesn't work <laughs> and then, and then getting an opportunity to figure it out. So right now I'm, I'm really, really excited about just trying to, uh, like, for one, grow right-hand rhino to as big as we could possibly get it. Like I want to mm -hmm. just keep this, keep this thing rocking. Um, and then I'm sure, you know, it'll probably, I, I can't think that far ahead, but I'll want to continue to to delve deeper into business and see what else I can do and, and try to take on more. Um, I always, I, I try to keep my plate as full as possible. So I usually try to take on more than I can handle. Um, and because uh, I don't really know until I, I take on too much and I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I should slow down. But, um, but I love that. I, I think that's something that I want to continue to do. And I don't see myself slowing down anytime soon on that. Well, here in a second, I'm going to ask you, I, I've got, a, I've got like three more questions I want to ask you. Okay. Uh, okay. so here in a minute, I'm going to ask you, this will probably be the last question is I'm going to say, share your little mantra you know like if, you know when people say Gabe what's if you could give people one bit of advice all right so kind of get your mind prepared to to share that and it can be life advice it can be business advice it can be whatever you want but before we okay. get there I've got two more questions and let me write one of them down so I don't forget while you're answering the first one okay okay this first one might be the most important question of the podcast um what the hell how the hell did you come up with right hand rhino? It sounds dirty for some reason. I don't know why, but, but so what's that mean? What's right hand rhino? So, um, right. So right hand man, right. Okay. Right hand comes from the expression, right hand man. Mm -hmm. Right. So we wanted to, we wanted to, as we were starting the business and thinking about the role that we play in a business owner's life, uh, and, or their business life, I guess it's, we want to be the right hand man, right? Like, um, I just sent an email today of somebody who owns a big franchise in Nashville. And I said, Hey, you know, I approach business. I don't, I'm not looking for transactional relationships. I'm looking for partnerships so that you can focus on your business. And if you need anything service related, reach out to me, whether I can do it or not, I'm going to help you figure it out. I'll find somebody to help mm -hmm. you figure it out. So that, that was a big part of the right hand man part is right hand man. Um, but we didn't want to be, you know, right hand man. Um, so, the concept of the rhino came from the book, uh, Rhinoceros Success. Have you heard of it? Huh? No. So it's a really old book, probably printed in like the early 1900s. Um, it's like 20 pages long, but it's the concept of a, a rhino is hard charging, right? Like the animal. Yeah. 
They have okay. they have thick they have thick skin, so they don't let little shit bug them, or they don't you know let it get in the way. They just keep moving forward. They're always charging. They're always moving quickly. And that was the other approach that we wanted to take to the business for guys that you know come in and work with us. Is that's the culture that we want to build? Is that we're always moving forward where we have thick skin we're pushing through whatever you know is in front of us and we're just constantly hard charging that's pretty cool i mean it still sounds dirty to me but i like the fact that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right we didn't realize that we didn't realize that until we went to like a college recruiting event <laughs> and, and some college kid was like right hand what <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so funny um well, you know, it's like uh, we both have a, a mutual friend from the uh, business bourbon and bullshit, um, uh, Mario, and his vanity phone number for a soft washing company is one eight one eight hundred get soft or something like that. And we all <laughs> time teasing him on that. So, but anyway, we'll move right along. Awesome. Question number two, and then we're going to get into like your your little you know pet advice for for people, and then we're going to sign off. Yeah. Would you rather? Now, this is a fight to the death, okay? You don't get to change the rules here. You have okay. to pick one of these two things. Would you rather, to the death, fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred, I'm sorry, not a hundred, or a thousand duck-sized horses? Um, Nothing. Either you die or all duck. of them dies. That's the only. That's the. That's how it gets. It's like the Thunderdome. You know, only one person. I'm, I would take my chances with one duck. They got skinny necks, so even if it's the a size horse of a sized horse. duck, are you kidding? See, Dan Plata said the same thing. And yeah. As a matter they of fact, they got weak ankles. They got dude, a skinny neck. It'd be like a freaking dinosaur. Yeah. I don't know how you guys that say. That. <laughs> <laughs> duck. It'd be like fighting a freaking dinosaur. This, you are crazy. Yeah. Have you seen the inside of a duck's mouth before? No, I don't think so. Google it. It's horrifying. And then imagine <laughs> that the size. It, it would be three the times size the size of a horse. Oh, my God. You're, you guys. Their little, their little ankles, their little legs can get too much bigger. Dude, they, they would, would be, they'd be the size of like tree trunks. Like the small <laughs> wow. Okay. I can't believe I you said that. I would just kick them in the ankle. I, I think that duck would bite your head off. But uh, see, I'm I'm the thousand duck-sized horses because let's be honest, their mouths are tiny. They're not even going to be able to hurt you. You, you, I'd start kicking them, you know, and killing them while I'm kicking them. And then when I got tired <laughs> of kicking them, I'd just start stepping on them and let my weight do the work. So um, there's no chance. Yeah, well, they're they're horses. They're just tiny. So don't we're not. Yeah. Don't don't make these things. Don't give them sympathy with the audience here so they're not ponies <laughs> they're horses all right last thing last thing um before you give some advice uh do you have a way guys can get in touch with you if they have some questions about the or do you want people to be able to get in touch with you if they have any questions about some of this stuff or uh to reach out to you yeah absolutely i don't know how, if you can, can put it on anything you know if you want to put my email on there um, yeah it's just gabe at right hand rhino.com um, and if I can be helpful at all to anybody that's in business, it's the hardest thing I think to do. Um, mm -hmm. and I would absolutely love to be helpful and just do whatever I can, uh, cool. whether that's providing documents or anything that I've created in the past, or whether that's just being a soundboard for ideas or, uh, whatever it could be, then yeah, I would absolutely love to encourage people awesome. to reach out. So it's Gabe at right 
that is yeah. a safe for work website just for that. <laughs> uh, so yeah. last thing, Gabe, get, what's, what's your advice? What's your thing that you want to share with the listeners as we sign off here? I can take a drink of water before I go into yeah, that. Yeah, get ready for this. Um, yeah. No, there's two main things, I think, when I think about it. Um, and number one is, I think, just to force yourself to do hard things, especially early on um, when you're younger. Like, if you're young and you're trying to pursue a path in, in business, if you can force yourself to do really hard things early on, you're, the growth and the opportunity later on uh, is just phenomenal right like so i think that's the biggest thing that i've seen working with you know being at the gym and having kids the majority of our uh like our customers being 18 to 25 um is that seeing kids that age seeking comfort and not going towards things that are going to help them grow or they're going to help them figure out what they like and what they don't like and mm-hmm. um, how they handle stress and uh, you know, figure out new ways to handle stress so that they can continue to handle more stress and take on more responsibility or do more if that's if that's what they want to do. So I would I would just encourage whatever that looks like to you, whatever that is in the industry that you're in, um, do do hard things, even if it comes to personally, right? Like you said right before you got on the past podcast, you force yourself to go on a bike ride and yeah. you're out biking. And it's like that, what that develops, I think is so beneficial, um, not only in business, but even in personal life, because you're going to have to weather through storms, both in business and both personally. So doing hard things, I think is probably one of the, the best things. That's why I value knocking doors more than my degree. Um, and if I had to go back and do it over again, I would knock doors over that because it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just gave me so much and uh so that that's the first thing i would say and then the other thing that i think i saw a lot of when i was graduating um from college was that a lot of guys who graduate college with a bachelor's and then think they're going to come out and make 100 grand and be in the senior vice president of sales or operations yeah. or and um so they would just be you know feel really entitled to earn money mm-hmm. and if i think if you're more focused on on earning instead of learning when you're in early on in your entrepreneurial journey, uh, early on in your career, whatever it is, you're going to tap out so much sooner. Like your trajectory hmm. is just going to, to hit a ceiling so much sooner than if you flip it, right? Like even now I'm just more focused on what I can learn and what I can glean from being around people like you and Mike and everybody that was at the BBNB. Uh, because I know like, okay, all I'm doing right now is I'm just, I'm building this little ladder, building this little ladder. I don't need to, I don't need income right now. Um, I just need to learn as much as I possibly can and, and then go out and apply it and really learn how to execute on it and continue to develop that, that learning process. Hmm. So that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me, the guys, let me cough in your ear. If it was just for a second, I'm going to cough in your ear. Um, Gabe, thank you so much for joining me, man. Um, listeners, oh, thank you so much for having me. Show some love to this guy. If you have any questions, reach out to him. He really means it. Uh, that's one thing that I, I really liked about him is his willingness to, to help and, and coach and teach. Uh, Gabe, I think we're going to have a pretty cool relationship. I, you're my kind of guy, so I, I think we're going to get to know me each too. other. Me too. We're well. going to be drinking pina coladas in Florida at some point. I love it. I love. Are you coming <laughs> back down here anytime soon with this uh, 
Tampa area thing? Because if so, we definitely need to get together. Yeah, potentially. If I do, um, then I will absolutely reach out so we can go grab a drink or just hang out and grab dinner. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, guys, listen, once again, Bobby Walker here signing off with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. Don't forget, you can find us on YouTube, the same name, Journey of a New Entrepreneur. And if you want to just connect with me, maybe shoot me a message, just, you know, stuff like that. Hit me up on Facebook on the Journey of a New Entrepreneur Facebook page. That's probably the easiest way to do that. Peace out, guys. Go kick some ass. Remember, if you're not doing what you want to be doing, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing what you want to do, there's no good reason for it. Adios.